find what you're good at and own it. Just find that space, find those things that you do and you just rock every time you do it and then just own it. Even if it's not within your job title, Mm -hmm. right? I can't tell you how many things, how many meetings I just invited myself into because I had something to share. Yeah. Just own it. You know, be your most amazing every time you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I love it. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and today I am ridiculously excited to introduce you to someone who means the world to me for so many reasons. So before I read her bio, I just want to let you know that this person is somebody I actually met when I was speaking in her hood, mm-hmm. and she was one of the leaders of that particular conference. I fell in love with her. I'd like to think she fell in love with me. We became friends. She did my first Velvet Machete Leadership Academy, attended the Invincible Women Leadership Retreat that we did like right as things mm-hmm. were getting better with COVID. And then I'm going to read her bio because there's more information to share about Adrienne at the end of this whole little bio situation. So cliffhanger. All right, here's the official part. Adrienne Roth is a seasoned professional with a rich history in human resources. Adrienne's journey has been marked with a steadfast commitment to recruiting, training, and development, employee engagement, and company culture. So many of my favorite things. As a senior certified professional and a longstanding member of the Society of Human Resource Management, some of y'all know that as SHRM, Adrian brings a wealth of expertise to the field. She leverages her MBA to deliver a strategic and bottom line focused perspective with a passion for training as a former teacher. She's a dedicated volunteer at the Boy Scouts of America, served as a national officer for Zeta Tau Alpha fraternity, and is a proud member, get this, of the Sirens of New Orleans, <laughs> a dancing philanthropic mermaid troupe. Google it. I'm telling you. <laughs> Adrian Roth stands at the intersection of experience, expertise, and enthusiasm, which is why I am also happy to announce, do 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 she is the director of training for Employer Brand Central. If y'all don't know what that is, that's my other company where we make sure that companies, small and mid-market companies, have all of the tools and the resources and the strategy that the big boys have so you can make more money or save more money. Okay, so she's a director of training. And today, we're going to explore the world of human resources through her lens, where every interaction is an opportunity for growth, empowerment, and ultimately, we believe at EBC, profitability and customer loyalty. She's also super crazy fun to shop with. Welcome to the Bombshell <laughs> Business Podcast, Adrian. Thank you. I'm so excited. So can I tell a story on you real quick? Okay. Okay. So we were shopping. We had the EBC, the Employer Brand Central Leadership Retreat in um, Venice, where I live. And so we went shopping in Sarasota after we went kayaking in the mangrove tunnels with the manatees. And while we were waiting for some flights to come or whatever... And so we were like shopping for body types and style and all that kind of stuff. Me and Brandy, our COO, and Adrian. And then we go into the limit. No, Express. Express, yeah. It was Express. <laughs> and I'm pulling outfits for her. 
And okay, if you're a bombshell boy, sorry, but you're going to have to hear this. But chicks, they're listening. My bombshell's like, Adrian's got a banging body, okay? <laughs> so I'm dressing her to her body. Maybe not the most professional, but definitely like, this is a date night outfit, at least mm -hmm. for sure. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And they're like pleather pants, like pleather brown pants, like an orangey. It was just beautiful. She had the sweater on. I mean, she just looked amazing. She's like, I don't know. Y'all, she drew a whole freaking crowd. Like, first, these two women walked past. They're like, mm-hmm, girl. Yes, that's it, girl. You work those pants. And mm -hmm. then the staff comes out. Like, three staff members come out. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, totally. That's you. It looks amazing. You look ballin'. And then a man comes by, and he was like, mm-hmm, yes, girl, do that. And so I was like, that's my girl right there. That's my girl. Stopped the show in the middle of an uh, yeah. express. I have to tell on you. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> and although I didn't go home with anything that we looked at that day from Express, I not did from Express. venture, not from Express, I did venture over to uh, White House Black Market and I got my pair of black leather ones. Yeah. And then like a corset and a one armed kind of flowy shirt for Christmas that I wore. Yeah. So. Okay. Chan okay. Channeling a little bit of the learning. Okay. I like so. it. Yeah. So as you can tell, fashion is a high priority at Employer Brand Central. <laughs> That's kidding. No. So what I love about all of us though, is we're crazy professional, but we all have our kind of like something, something flair. And I just felt like that was a moment where that just totally came out in you. And I was like, what's happening right now? She's shutting down the mall. Okay. We've got Kim Kardashian in Express right now, only it's Adrian Roth. So it's me. Okay. So now we've covered fashion. Let's talk HR. Yes. Ah. So your background isn't just strictly HR. So can we, can you just walk us through kind of high level, what pieces of your career finally came together where you went all in, you have the highest SHRM certification, like yeah. you're all in. You're present. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to shut up. You all my stuff. Oh, so much stuff. Yeah. Very involved. Give, I like to give back to the profession. That That's definitely the case. So yeah, we started in, I, I came into HR sideways, right? I was working retail as an assistant general manager, and I was in charge of the training. So it was training is the common thread all the way through. So I started with the training, and then I started with recruiting and you know looking at doing the interviews for the sales associates. Then I kind of shifted gears a little bit and got into the training, teaching, like actual teaching with middle school kids. Loved doing that, and then shifted that over into corporate training. It's just where I felt like I, I could be more useful working with the kids was great, but I just, I felt more of a calling to the professional side of things. So like adult worked, learning, adult learning for sure. So worked with a company and started with their management development training. So it started with getting those kids right out of college and starting their journey into management. And so I walked them through that and then it grew into all of training. Then that grew into recruiting that grew into brand management, that grew into human resources implementations on the, the the software side. And so it really just kind of started to continue to expand scope creep, right? And yeah. then before I know it, here I am and I'm the director of HR for a manufacturing company. And it was just all of the pieces kind of came together for me. I tend to look at HR a little differently, I think, than most. For me, it really is the core of an organization. Mm -hmm. It's where everything kind of is rooted, even if it's operational, because 
everything we do in a company has to deal with people. Yeah. People are either making it happen or breaking it, right? One of the two. Right. So somewhere in there, you've got to have somebody from an HR lens that can see things, not just from the people side, but also from the company side and then building that bridge for how can we make our people more productive, but at the same time, happier so that we're reducing our costs, reducing absenteeism, increasing that loyalty. So it really kind of brings all of it together, even from something as simple as where are they parking in the morning? Yeah. Right? Like, like people don't think about that as being HR, but from that first interaction, when they're coming to work during the day, how is that going to set everything else up? Yeah. I remember at Opryland, I mean, Lord, if I went to one freaking meeting about parking, (laughs) I went to so (laughs) many meetings about parking, but we had an employee parking lot, a star parking lot. We called our employee stars that got you straight to the employee service center you go down the elevator and through the tunnels that take you to whatever your job is at Gaylord Opryland or the attractions. And so during a country Christmas, which is a huge thing you start planning for in July, it's just nonstop. Everybody's working extra hours and everything. We had to use that space for ice, which is this huge thing that happens at Gaylord Hotels. And so we had to move the parking and then we had to bus people to the Star Services mm-hmm. Center. That's not convenient. So now we're no. asking them to we we need you to work longer hours during the holidays where your family wants to be with you but you can't be with you because you chose a career in hotels and hospitality and now we're going to make it harder for you take longer to get to your job in addition to everything else that we're asking of you that's a lot and so Mm -hmm. i was like that's not going to work so now i want a senior leader on on a bus at least x amount of times we're going to rotate which vp is going to be on the bus thanking our stars talking to them getting them hype we're going to have hot cocoa on the bus we're going to have christmas Mm -hmm. carols on the bus oh and by the way we're going to have papa john's pizza truck every thursday with five dollar pizzas because you can't take and not give and then expect operational efficiency yep exactly that's a pizza exactly That's a it's not like a logistics operational problem, but people are like, oh, it's a tech stack problem. It's a marketing problem. It's a customer experience problem. I'm like, it's a people problem people every problem. damn time. Yep. <laughs> and those are, and those are the problems that get so overlooked. Yeah. Right. Like those are the simple things that they put into that logistics bucket or they put into the operations bucket and they expect to just solve all the problems there where having HR in those strategy meetings, having HR in the, just in those executive leadership team meetings. Yes. And looking at it from the employee experience view can really add so much. And you, and we would actually start solving other problems. Like we were like, we would be in there to talk about, you know, an operational issue. And then I was like, well, wait, but do we see how all of these other things are connected? Yeah. And at that point, now we're solving a problem that we hadn't even realized was a problem until we started looking at, you know, how the, all those dominoes were going to fall. So why, why Adrian? D- uh, so if I call her age, that's our nickname for her. So forgive me if yeah. I said that Adrian, what, why do you think the HR has been kind of siloed into, oh, you're over there, you handle payroll, like, you know, fair, square and legal, OSHA, like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and then why do you think, so this two-part question, why do you think they're regulated over there? 
And then why do you think so many HR professionals accept that and they don't demand a seat at the table and they don't expect to be part of the operational process? For some, I think, you know, th there are different sides of HR and different people excel in different areas. Right? I am not a payroll and benefits person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not. I'm not. Which is why she works for employer brand central and not <laughs> exactly. employer HR central. <laughs> right. I try, you know, when I'm talking to other HR professionals, emerging professionals, things like that, I try to get them like, what are you interested in? What do you like? What aspects of the job? Right. Because it's very, very easy for an HR professional to get really focused on the tactical, mm -hmm. to get really focused on these are the things I have to do today to make the company work. Right. Yeah. I have to do the payroll. I have to make sure that our policies are compliant. I need to get that handbook out. And so you can really get wrapped up in that world if you're not careful. And so when you look at everything that's on HR's plate, because yeah. we 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 kind of do it to ourselves, like we write our own job description. And a lot of times we let ourselves get overwhelmed because who else is going to do it if not HR? Right. So focused over there. And so what happens is we're not taking that step back to say, how can we be strategic? How can we as HR move the organization forward in a real meaningful way? So I think that that's a lot of, you know, where we as HR professionals have to stop and think, okay, where am I spending my time? Especially as an HR director, oftentimes we're also an, the only one in the organization, right? In a lot of small and medium-sized companies, the HR departments aren't very big. You know, typically, no, they're not. you know, we'll see maybe one or two HR professionals per 100 employees. Yeah. So you're looking at, you know, you've only got one person. And if they're lucky, they've got a payroll person, but they're having to do all of the HR functions. And it's hard to be strategic when you're in the weeds. Yeah. Oh, so much so. And so I, I want to put a little pin on that and come back to the in the weeds and thinking strategically mm -hmm. with HR professionals. But I want to go over first to what you were just saying of like who gets assigned what, because what what mm -hmm. I've found, and I'm sure you, you have too, is like as a company grows, it's like, oh, well, who's in charge of the money? Okay, well, you're doing payroll, right? Okay, so you're HR. And it's like the personality profile for like an yeah. accountant you know, fractional yes. CFO, like that is not the person you want warm, fuzzy people person. Like it's no. not, maybe sometimes, like I can think of a few people that fit both buckets, but for the most part, like somebody who is very data-driven and analytical and numbers and things like that isn't going to be the same kind of person that is going to lead with a need for interacting with people day to day. Those are right. different types. So. Mm -hmm. And there are places in HR for both, right? Your payroll and benefits people, yeah. you know, yeah, they they're not often people people, right? Yeah. They're they're dealing with with the the numbers and the policies and and the spreadsheets and and that's where they live. But then you have this whole other side of HR, which is kind of where I fit in, which is more of that employee experience, the employee engagement, recruiting, retention, corporate culture, and so we're starting to see more of those types of HR professionals really coming to the forefront. There's obviously been a big focus on corporate culture over the last maybe five to 10 years where we started to see that trend. Then we had COVID. And so now retention <laughs> is, you know, and the employee experience and building loyalty and how do we take care of our people as a whole person has really become much more of a focus. Yeah. Uh, so within, like the things that you industry. and I 
have been beating our drums too for years. Suddenly everybody's like, oh my gosh, we have to treat everybody like real humans. We've been inside of their houses and seen their kids in their diapers. Like, it's like, yeah, they have lives. Yeah. You're not it. You're yeah. just how they pay their bills. Right. Yeah. So we got to, we got to honor the whole person and mm-hmm. so much. Right. So yeah. I had a pin on something that I wanted to come back to a little bit of a insight into employer brand central. And I just, you know, at the, at the time of this recording, we, We've had Employer Brand Central for well over a year now. We've worked on giant projects. Very proud of what we have accomplished. High five, Adrian. <laughs> you, me, and Amy. Woo, Gene. <laughs> Lordy, mercy. Like, big lifts. But now we've entered this subscription model mm-hmm. where small to medium-sized businesses come in. So Adrian is responsible for Velvet Machete Leadership Academy, How to Fascinate, all the training offerings that we have. And I'm I'm still involved. I'll still be still be there. But like the actual teaching and execution that you want, Adrian. <laughs> I'm in taxes and on stage and like not always available. So that's de- definitely not the place for me anymore. But the other thing that we offer is so we we ask to always have what we call an EBC executive sponsor. So we have to have somebody at the senior level who meets with me to talk operational strategy. Because to Adrian's point, if you have this strategy, and this is what you're trying to accomplish as a company, your people are the ones who are gonna get you there. So you have to make sure that your people strategy, everything that we're doing for our people, we're not just having parties for fun, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just offering these benefits just for feel good fuzzies. This is what we're trying to get done in the business. It's okay that we wanna make money because that's the definition of business. I solve your problems, you give me money. That's business, we should be proud of that. We need to make sure that our people are going to help us do that. So Pam Samaniego, who hopefully will be on the show very soon, is our success coach for what who we call the EBC champion. Typically, that's human resources. Could be marketing, could be an executive assistant. And we've got one company where it's actually like a sales coordinator, but she's very passionate about the culture. Mm-hmm. And they have like a whole little team that does it. But Pam coaches the HR person or the EBC champion every week for the first month and then every other week for the entirety of the membership so that we know that those strategies that we've recommended, the tools, templates, and training that we provide, all that kind of stuff is being executed in a strategic manner so that you have somebody coaching your people person on operational strategy. That, to me, is one of the best parts of what we offer you're SHRM certified, Christina SHRM certified, you know, Pam is an executive coach, certified as an executive coach. I'm an executive coach. So with this energy, this is what Adrian is coming into with all of her vast experience and why at least where we're coming from, we just want you to believe like you got to get your people stuff right. So what are some of the things that you're seeing now? Because let, let's go back. First of all, sure. can you tell us your involvement in SHRM recently? (laughs) So I've been a member of SHRM since 2014 and started locally at my local chapter in the national organization and got onto the board here, started with communication, moved into professional development, and then just finished up my one-year term as president of NOLA SHRM. So it's the New Orleans President of New Orleans SHRM. President President. of New Orleans SHRM. And so now finish that up. So I'll be past president this year. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to move up to the state council. So I'll be on the Louisiana Sherm State Council as their professional development director. 
So definitely focusing on how we can build the learning for our HR professionals and giving them what they need. Okay. So can you just see why I'm salivating at the <laughs> mouth that Adrian is on the team? Because she is passionate and in the HR industry. So when we're like, hey, give us your HR people, we'll We'll, we're going to bring them into that executive thinking, that operational thinking. Mm -hmm. Adrian is literally in her volunteer time doing the same thing. So my next question for you is, you know, I deal with a lot of the CEOs mm -hmm. and they're frustrated that their HR person quote doesn't get it or like they're just not yes. on the same page or they feel like they have to pull them along. And then I talk to the HR person. They're like, oh, my God we're hiring 9,000 people. I have to right. run background checks. Like there's this laundry to-do list. So yes. what are you seeing? Let's just say the past 18 months, because we won't even count wonky COVID. Oh yeah. Past 18 months. What have you seen are the common struggles for HR professionals in these more small to mid-sized businesses? Sure. Yeah. It, recruiting, right? It's, it's just the, you know, with the turnover post COVID with the interesting expectations of employees, right? Because they've called, they've all come back to work and it's a little bit of a different mindset. Yeah. And then at the same time, you've also had a generational shift, yeah. right? So you, you've got your, your Xers are kind of more mid-career. And so we're starting to see, to see more of the Gen Zs come in. And so it's a really, it's a, it's a different type of expectation. And so there's a battle kind of happening right there with the recruiting. And it's, you know, well, this is what our offer is. And they're saying, well, but we want this. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? So we're seeing things like unlimited PTO, which I think before COVID was like not even a thing, right? So we're seeing more Never. unlimited PTO plans, definitely more wellness, you know, talking like we talked to before, that whole person, right? The perks and the benefits, we're seeing employees that will leave a company for less money if they perceive the work-life balance is going to be better. All I can offer everybody. That's it. I'm like, here's a it's, call membership and you can do whatever you want to as long as you get your work done. Like that's the benefit of working for me. But yeah, I mean, th that's what we're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, and there's the hybrid workforce. You know, people are trying to get people back into the office. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. There are people yeah. that need to be in the office, right? I have a friend that his, his company is fully remote, but they have an office. And there are like two people that go into the office every single day because they function better in that space. Yeah. So even though they're the only two people in the whole building, that's what they need. So there are other people that are like, I don't want to go in the building. I enjoy working in my pajamas, you know, whatever it is. And so companies are still trying to figure that out. And, and they're looking at HR going, how do we hold these people accountable? Right. And so while HR is busy trying to figure out how to recruit people because the talent pool is more competitive. There's some reports that we're going to start seeing it kind of balance out in 2024 and, and things will kind of get a little more back to normal. So it's not going to be quite as competitive, um, but we're going to be getting into a thing where we don't have enough people to cover the jobs that we need to do. So building your processes and your procedures and really nailing that down to where we can automate as much as we can automate with software or even just a checklist, right? If you're a small company, just getting that so that we're starting to be more efficient with the time that we have is going to be critical as we move into a couple of years. That's really interesting too, because when we put, so one of the documents or the two documents that you get on the onboarding process of becoming an Employer Brand Central subscriber is your key recommendations and your annual strategy. So we mm -hmm. 
break everything down into our four areas, attract, onboard, engage, and offboard. And then we're like, here's, you know, here's what you're not doing, which is fine. Everybody starts somewhere. Here's what you're doing that we can enhance. And then like, here's what would be nice to do. But like, you know, we map it out. We take the key recommendations in those four categories. And then for your HR person, the EBC champion, we break it down like in January, this is what we're going to get done. In March, this is what we're going to get done, whatever. And so far, everyone we've onboarded, like they don't have their processes in place mm-hmm. or say they have some, but not all. And so every single month, Pam is working with their EBC champion to ensure that there is accountability to processes. Because to your point, I'm just I pulled it up right now. I'm on the U.S. Yep. Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's in my favorites. I check it all the time. Right. As of November 2023, they don't have December up yet. 0.7 applicants per open position in the United States. we don't have enough people to do the jobs Mm -mm. and that's not even taken into consideration like people who are opting out like who are door dashing or uber or you know like gig economy people that are on upwork or freelancing Mm -hmm. yeah the gig and that's what's so interesting and you know so i was in the manufacturing company as a director of, of HR. And so one of the things that we needed to do was, you know, we, we would we would ramp up for a season and we would we would ramp down usually in the summertime because it was a seasonal business. And it, literally it was just like one day it was like a faucet turned off. And we're like, where did all the people go? Yeah. And it was crazy. It was like we used to be able to pick up a phone, you know, and call a temp company and have five people show up. Right. We we would call, you know, days ahead of time and couldn't no get anybody. Boss. Nobody was there. And it was crazy. Like, where did everybody go? And I think that the gig economy, you know, during COVID people, that was part of that, like people owning their own time. And it was like, I can work when I want to work and I don't have to when I don't want to work and going to work someone else locked down from eight to four, eight to five. You know, it just, it was so many people were like, I don't want that life anymore. Yeah. And they would look at any way they could you know, to, to really take that control of their lives back. Yeah. So my son is a junior in college, go tops WKU. And his first summer in college, he decided to not go back. Like he was great in restaurants. Everybody loved him. He's listen, my parents gave me work ethic. I gave it to my kids. Like we might not be the best, but we're going to work circles around you. So he Mm -hmm. has the work ethic. But what he didn't like is that he had to work when he was told it was time. So like he couldn't do the thing, like he couldn't work out when he wanted to. Like his whole mm-hmm. life that he wanted to have a certain way, granted he's raised by an entrepreneur, like it just wouldn't fit. And so he wasn't really looking forward to that. So he's like, well, what do you think if I just door dashed? And I'm like, okay, but here's what you've got to do. You have to determine the cost of doing business. Is it mm-hmm. worth are you making any money once you put in, you, you consider your time and you put in your gas and your mileage and the wear and tear in the car and blah, 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 and taking out any fees and all that kind of stuff. So he did a whole summer of that and discovered it's not worth going this far. This little hot spot over here isn't worth it either because it's saturated with drivers. Like he found his little sweet spot. So now in college, he just, when he needs money, he'll go DoorDash. Mm-hmm. So where do you usually get your cheap labor? College kids. Yeah. And smart kids like my kid are like, nah, I got this. I got it under Mm -hmm. control. So what are you doing as an employer to be like, you don't have to gig, 
you don't have to DoorDash. You don't have to have a crappy ass night of, you know, nobody's tipping you in a college town. Mm-hmm. We will do this. We'll be flexible, la, la, la. And I know not everybody can be flexible. Like hotel housekeepers are going to have to be there mm-hmm. certain times. Like it's just right. what it is. But what are your recommendations for companies when it comes to addressing the new expectations of younger millennials and Gen Z? Mm-hmm. And this is where some of the perks would come in, right? Food. Food is one of my favorite ones because it's easy and it doesn't have to be expensive. So we would, when we needed people to work overtime or when we needed to work a Saturday or whenever it was, we fed them. Yeah. Just, we, we would order 20 pizzas, feed everybody lunch, right? It's a minimal oh, expense. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and the dividends, like the return on that, you know, pizza are great because it's, we would see it on our Indeed, right? Reviews. You know, you got to work on Saturday, but they feed you pizza. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, we would do food truck Fridays. We would bring in, you know, every Friday, the first Friday of every month, we would do a food truck or we would do a barbecue. If it was a particularly, you know, if it'd been a stressful week, the machines were breaking down, things like that. You know, anything we could do to build that morale, those, and, and it doesn't have to be huge. You know, I would stand out in the foyer, right? And just say hello to people. Right. You know, get Highly to know their, leaders. That's one of our mantras at EB. Know their names. Yeah. Right. Know who these people are. Know how long they've been working for you. Right. If their kids have been sick. Right. You know, ask after them. Care about your people. It's so much of this can just go back to caring about the people. Genuinely caring about your employees can go so far and it costs absolutely nothing. Nothing. And I think that ties into like that sense of belonging and, you know, DEIB is like a thing and people are like, it was political and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like some, some parts of the country, it's like, it's expected. And other parts of the country, it's like, I'm going to hire who the most qualified person is. It's like, you've missed the boat, dude. That's not even our chick. <laughs> like, that's not what DEIB right. is even about. Like, it's not about right. quotas or things. It's like, do I mm-hmm. have a sense of belonging when I come to work? Can I show up as right. my whole self? Like, can I come as me? Right. Or do I have to mask when I come to work? And I know, you know, people think of race or gender or gender identity or, you know, whatever all those mm-hmm. other things are that could be polarizing depending on what you believe or think or where you were raised or whatever and what side of the aisle that you're on, unfortunately. But when I think of just being a neurodivergent person in mm-hmm. every job I've been successful at, which I've been successful at almost all of them, but I picked my company as somebody who clearly is entrepreneurial, can I operate with my ADD here and not feel shame around it? Can I be Mm -hmm. my freaking creative genius self and then maybe suck at these things over here because they want this and they understand they're gonna have to deal with this? Like, are you good with the fact that I will email you back at 2 a.m.? I will have a whole conversation with you at 2 a.m. I will take my laptop on vacation and I will hammer out at a McDonald's Wi-Fi if you need me to get something out as a global communicator. But don't expect me to have my butt in the seat at 8 a.m. Like, it's those kind of trade-offs that I'm like, I belong here. They've made space for how I work best, Mm -hmm. for how I'm wired. Am I respected as a woman? Do I have a seat at the table? Do I get Mm -hmm. to be a real leader or is that just a title as a woman? And I know some of my bombshell boys were like, what do you mean? That's a whole other episode. (laughs) (laughs) But then imagine being gay. Yeah. Can you be gay openly at work mm-hmm. and feel safe to be you? Right. Would you say that like just like I think a lot of the business owners we work with are just great human beings. So are like, of course, everybody's welcome. Yeah. But 
do all of your leaders know how to create that environment? And I think it's interesting because, you know, in HR, you know, there's a whole lot of like, you know, confidentiality and well, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so when you get issues, you know, that that come up where it's like, you know, I don't feel comfortable at work. Right. And you have to obviously handle that with empathy and compassion. But at the same time, you know, you've got to know what your leadership team is going to be like, which, you you know, where, where it's like, okay, if I bring this to them, you know, where it's like, we need to work on our inclusivity and we need to work on our belonging and how people feel like, how is that going to be respond? How are they going to respond to kind of to that initiative, so to speak? Right. And then making sure that we're creating a plan that's not just, you know, oh, well, this is just what's happening. You know, this is the flavor of the moment, right? (laughs) That it is that it, because how many, we did it. Okay. We did that. Moving on. You know, let's go. And I, I saw an article just the other day about how, you know, the focus on DEIB has kind of pulled back a little bit because it's kind of gotten into this controversial polarizing space, as opposed to people just really understanding, you know, that it's like, we just, we just want to come to work and we don't yeah. have to deal with any crap while we're there. Right. Right. We just want to come to work and do our jobs. And so by kind of educating people a little bit more about what it is, mm-hmm. and it's like, look you know, this person's this way. We love him. He's great. Let's move on. He's great. And your black colleague come in and talk like they've talked their whole life and not turn on their white voice for work. (laughs) And I'm saying that and I'm repeating my black friends. So like, I know all the white people listening are like, I can't believe she just said that on her podcast. That's coming straight out of my black friend's mouths. Okay. And that's, that's what it is. Like I have to change my hair. I can't wear my traditional hair. I can't wear my cornrows because I'm told it's not professional, but that's how I keep my hair safe and styled and it's Mm -hmm. cheaper and I don't have to put a bunch of chemicals in my hair. Like people don't understand. Like I'm a woman. I need time between my meetings because I bleed for a week, once a week, every freaking month. Can I have 15 minutes in between meetings so I don't bleed on myself in a meeting? How about that? Like that's belonging. And I know that sounds Mm -hmm. really harsh the way that I just said that, but that's the experience that people are Mm -hmm. having. So when we're talking about employee experience and why I love Adrian so much is she gets it from the operational marketing branding level. And you just heard her say, well, you have, you can't just be like, this is flavor of the month and hope our Mm -hmm. leaders catch on. No, you have to sell it. So just Mm -hmm. like you come up with a marketing strategy and then you come up with marketing tactics and then you think about who your ideal consumer is. And then that's first step, actually. Ideal consumer, mm-hmm. marketing strategy, marketing tactics. And then you execute a marketing plan. You don't just do it one time. It is an ongoing experience throughout the year. You have to tend yep. to your garden. And marketing internally, reminding people mm-hmm. why they work there, why they want to work there, why they don't want to leave to go to their competition, and why they want to roll out, lead, and follow these quote, policies. I hate that word, but for lack yeah, of a better me term. Too. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just, this is our culture. We just show up right. as yourself, do a damn good job. We're going to give you a paycheck in exchange for that. And we're going to create an environment where you feel like you can show up because you spend more time with us and your own family. Like, is it that hard? It's, it's really not. People make it harder because then, and that's where, you know, that's where HR, I think, kind of gets into it ourselves, right? Because yeah. we're like, oh, you can't say that at work. Oh, you can't do this at work. Oh, you know, mm. 
that's where some of us need to just kind of like loosen up a little bit, uh-huh. right? In a completely HR professional way, but like loosen yes, up course. a little bit, right? My favorite saying right now, I'm like, I'm like, love everyone, but in a completely professional HR way. Yeah. Because it is, you know, you can get so wrapped up in in all of the the the, the lawyers and the, we can't do this and is this okay? Like if we treat people as people, then most of the issues go away. They do. They do. Yeah, I love it. There's so many topics that we could get into, but I think, (laughs) you know, really high level, just understanding what is the real function of human resources in 2024? Where is the profession heading? Is it, you know, it's, I was thinking of, yeah, I think it was the first time I met you. I had dinner with Nick Schott, who is the VP of education for Sherman International. And and I know it was really big then. And as we stayed in touch over the years, he continues to say like his goal is to make every HR person educated in a way that they think operationally and that they're respected as an operational thought partner. And I think mm-hmm. that there is no other option anymore. None. No. That's it. Or you fail. Yeah, you, you've got you've got it. But the companies also need to be looking to HR yes. for that insight. And that's yes. where we as HR professionals kind of have to amp up our game a little bit mm-hmm. and start showing that side of ourselves. Yeah. Right. Communicating that side. You know, and and if it's not, you know, and maybe your HR director is that compliance person, right? Maybe they're that side. So maybe it's not the head of HR. Yeah. Right. That it can give us a this, champion of the company. You know, yeah. It just needs to be a culture champion, you know, somebody that has the passion for it and can make those big picture connections between the people and the operations. I'm fortunate that that's one of my gifts is that I, that I can do that and I can communicate that well with the companies, but not every HR professional can, right? Yeah. So if you can't, and if you have to be the one sitting at the table, grab your team, right? Utilize the team, utilize your resources. If you need to like get the notes, whatever it is, like just make sure that you are bringing that strategic value and connecting the dots from the people to the operations when you when you have an opportunity to speak at the table. And dear leaders who are listening, maybe I should have said this at the beginning. Maybe I'll do an intro to be like, don't check out if you're not an HR professional. Yeah. Every single leader in the company is human resources. Do you lead humans? Absolutely. You're human resources. It is not solely the HR director's job to handle all people problems in the company. It is their Mm -hmm. job to facilitate, to give you the tools and resources which is why we have the employer brand central like when we give you the tools we're like create a common space on a shared drive where all leaders can access their leader yeah. toolbox that has all of these resources that they use at the departmental level so listen to what adrian just said leader not hr professional mm-hmm. and hear her when she says you've got to get the people part right you have to drive results through your people if you don't know your people if you're not leading your people effectively then maybe you need to take velvet machete leadership academy registering soon which adrian will be teaching and i'll be involved in as well you have to learn how to be that velvet machete the confidence and the compassion you have to be and i think adrian's going to come back we're going to talk about velvet machete leadership yeah <laughs> is there okay so i get to ask you first of all yes and y'all just see why i like fell in love with this woman i was like you're mine <laughs> Hi, I'm Amber, and you're yes. now in my life, and I'm just going to make sure you stick with me. Yes. 
forever. And I think the first direct message that I sent you after me, I was like, you are a spirit out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, good thing you're mine. <laughs> yes, I think we're both people collectors, but um, this is different. So before, before I ask you the question, I just, I want you to think about who in your company is an Adrian who gets it. It might, maybe it's not the HR person. And so my call to action for you is whoever that person is, whether they're HR or they're just a leader who's very passionate about the employee experience and culture and that sort of thing, team those people up, yes. put a culture committee together. It is not a solo sport. This is a team sport and you need multiple people giving feedback, perspective, make sure all the faces look different again, because mm -hmm. your, your workforce looks different. Your customer base looks different and make sure that this group can help support. Now, I get to ask you the question I get to ask all guests. What is your parting piece of advice? It doesn't have to be HR related. Your parting piece of advice for a bombshell or a bombshell boy, bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business. Mm. Find what you're good at and own it. Just find that space, find those things that you do and you just rock every time you do it. And then just own it. Even if it's not within your job title, mm -hmm. right? I can't tell you how many things, how many meetings I just invited myself into because I had something Thank to you. share. Yeah. Just own it. You know, be your most amazing every time you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. I love it. Which is what Adrian does, which is why I was very clear for anyone to see her value. That's what personal branding is all about is owning who you are, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at, having a little mm -hmm. humility, but knowing what you're good at, owning it, and then serving other people with that gift. I love that. Great advice. Okay. So if you would like to reach out to Adrian, you can contact her at adrian at employerbrandcentral.com. Your socials, you're on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn, Adrian Amroth, I think is what my LinkedIn is now. So yeah, LinkedIn primarily is the main one that I use. Instagram's kind of coming. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put all that into, Yeah. I haven't delved into the social as a professional. Yeah. 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 Social media can just be such a time suck, but here we are yeah. doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I love everybody else's content. I just want to put it out myself. So, <laughs> mm. okay. So I hope this episode was helpful. I think it's really important to think about these things as we are in the earlier stages of the new year. More to come on the things that we are doing that can help you and your company at affordable rates, of course. That is so important to me as a business owner to know like you want to do these things, but it's just too expensive. So that's why we have things the way that we have. So more to come on that. Mm -hmm. And more to come with me and Adrian, who will be coming yes. back and we'll be talking about leadership and what that's like in the year of our Lord 2024. And I guess that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it again. starts on, on the 6th. Carnival season kicks off with the January 6th, the Epiphany. And then it rolls until February 13th. So, okay. So we're still like, we're kind of like low keying it right now. We're not like crazy out there with employer brands. No, no, not at all. In fact, it is very much still Christmas. All the decorations are still up. They don't until Saturday. It's very specific. King cakes, you can pre-order them, but do not consume until Feast of the Magi on yeah. Saturday, the 6th. That is, that is. if you eat king cake before the epiphany, bad. you can't. Bad things will happen. It's all it's a bad. bad juju. Cannot all, do that. Yes. 
So, yeah. yes. And then once it's, so we'll start with parades on the 6th and then it's just carnival celebrations at that point. So no, no major parades. It kind of is just the, you know, local celebrations, balls, coronations, all of the, the kind of behind the scenes stuff. And then parades will start in earnest around the 20th. We'll have like one and then the 27th we'll have one. And then it's like a whole weekend and then it'll be a couple days off and then every night. So yeah. No it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. only once a year. You have a whole year to yeah. recover. It's we're only fine. we're only dancing in two this year, so it's good. Okay, so, and Friday we, we and might Friday. share some of those on EBC social media, so you can see oh, Adrian and all of her mermaid glory. Mermaid, you yeah. have to pick me out. We're it's you know it's all heavily costumed. <laughs> yes, yes. I catch you every time. I'm like, there she is. Yes. All right, Bombshell, I hope that was helpful. Let me know your thoughts. If you are an HR professional or if you are a leader who's like, oh, I need to get my act together on HR, email me. You can email me at amber at amberhurdle.com for the podcast or amber at Employer Brand Central if you want to talk seriously about you know getting involved in that. But I love hearing from you. It's really important to me. We're going to make a few more or kind of, kind of go back to some of the original things we did with the podcast I would love for you to leave a rating and review. That is so hugely important for other bombshells finding this podcast. And, you know, I I could just show you it's so heartwarming and it makes me keep doing this because this is a heavy lift. It's it's work. This is a lot of work. There's lots of people who work on this show. We don't make any money off of it. I am about to bring on a sponsor because I believe in the product so, so much and I want you to know about it. But it's not like a huge, it doesn't even pay for the cost of it, right? So the reason why we do this is as a give back to the women in business community and because we know that our allies, our bombshell boys who are listening, love to hear it from the female perspective so they can better understand their female colleagues, their spouses, their better halves, whatever. And it's meaningful if you will leave a rating and review, and I'm going to start reading them on air again. So that's your challenge. Go to where I know most of you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. I just download the stats. But wherever you listen, please leave a rating and review there. And if you want me to read it on the show, I'm going to pretty much go to Apple Podcasts. Like if you do it on Spotify or something, screen capture it and send it to me, and I will give you a shout out on the show. So we will continue to cheer you on as a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business or bombshell boy. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.